Hello again, and welcome to another edition of our Irreligiosophy podcast. Uh, this week, since we couldn't find any of the LDS persuasion to stand up and talk to us, we are going to do another Atheist News Roundup. Yeah, we got, uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. A lot of idiocy coming out of Texas for some reason. And uh, we have a special Olympics uh, rising out of the, you know, some irritation arising out of Obama's remarks on The Tonight Show. <laughs> and I'm sure Charlie's been itching to talk about that where I'm concerned. Yeah, let's go into that right now. Um, we'll, oh, okay, all right. We'll have the link up on the um, site, but uh, basically Special Olympics takes on use of the R word, and they have a graphic here that... Um, <laughs> are you on the same page with me here? Oh, I'm on the same page. Yeah. Um, they I have a bunch of... Um, epithets about, say, African-Americans, Hispanics, uh, homosexuals, and they have the little words taken out or letters taken out, and uh, the last one says, retard. And therein lies the problem. Because you're not taking any letters out of that last one. <laughs> well, um, I could try to say retard without any of the letters, but it, then I'd just be calling them a tard. But the organization would prefer the R word. Why don't you say the R word from now on? The R word. <laughs> um, uh, that, is that like saying the N word? Most people don't think of this word as hate speech, but that's exactly what it feels like to millions of people with intellectual disabilities, their families and friends. A statement about the campaign reads, the word is just as cruel and offensive as any other slur. <laughs> yeah. You know what's interesting is uh, ever since I was a child, I realized that if you are actually allowing what people call you to affect you, that means you care what they think. Now, I can understand where I will use the term mentally handicapped is concerned, <laughs> but uh, where everybody else is, I mean, hell, I call my family retards on a regular basis. Yeah, um, I am of two minds about this. One is that I think that as a nation, I think we're getting, re we're turning into pantyways, really. I really agree. I think that we really need to develop a thicker skin. When people call us things, uh, you know, the sticks and stones may break my bones, but names can never hurt me. This is one of the first things my parents taught me as a kid, right? Don't give them the power to make you offended or hurt. Um, you know, you hear, you know, words hurt or um, uh, that the language is cruel. Uh, it's only cruel if you allow it to be. And that's exactly what it is, is you are allowing somebody to have power over you if you're sitting there getting offended by what they're saying. If their opinion means that much to you, they have power over you. Right. Uh, on the other hand, um, I do think it's th these people are um, mentally challenged. Uh, and so they're in a different state. These people are kind of along the same lines as, as kids and children. And it's, it's hard to explain this to them in a, in a rational sort of way. Well, I would have to say it comes on a case-by-case case because uh, my brother he has fetal alcohol syndrome and basically he's got the mind of a sixth grader in an adult body and I call him a retard on a regular basis and he gives it back just as good as he takes it. But deep down inside he's probably crying. Maybe that's why he ate himself fat. <laughs> <laughs> So, one of your brothers has fetal alcohol syndrome. That's true. What's the excuse for your other brother, Troy? 
that brother, I believe, uh, maybe he was just dropped on his head a lot. <laughs> I know his looks were because my mom lit his hair on fire and beat it out with a shovel, but his intelligence, I'm not sure. That actually makes sense. Um, you must have beat him from behind because his eyes pop out like... Uh... <laughs> um, excuse me? Uh, just because we're not calling him by a specific word that is still hurtful to him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting, though. You uh, you said that, uh, what is that, that sticks and stones thing? Yeah. Um, uh, basically, how I heard it was, uh, hold on, let me get it. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but whips and chains excite me. Uh, that, that's what your parents taught you as a five-year-old. Exactly. That's... Was there anything else to learn? <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so this whole flack started because... Obama uh, was on The Tonight Show, and he's talking about how he can't bowl. He's having problems bowling. And, and so he has a bowling alley in the White House, and he's trying to you know, increase his skills. And still he's not doing very well. He said it's like Special Olympics or something. And immediately, uh, even before the show aired, he's on the phone apologizing for the comment. Yeah, now see, that was the amazing part to me is even before anybody had come to him and said, whoa, man, you shouldn't have even said that. He was on the phone already. Yeah, so his, his people who were probably watching the show live wrote that down as soon as it happened. And, you know, I, I think, I don't know what to think about that. Um, this is what I think about it. I mean, <laughs> have any of you ever gone to a bar or even a bowling alley that allows alcohol? Have you ever heard some of the comments and the slurs that go on just between buddies having fun? I mean, let's, let's relax, people. Let's have a little fun. So you say Special Olympics. We all know the Special Olympics could probably beat out half the people in the bowling alley. So it, it's just general rebalding, just having fun. So why do we have to jump at the very insinuation of somebody getting offended? I mean, why are we always catering to the one person out there who's going to get offended over this? What I want to know is how come uh, Cracker is um, not on that list with a little, like the A taken out of it? Or maybe Honky? Can we please use the C word? Because it's pretty offensive to me, um, someone calling me a cracker. Because crackers are white. That's and true. I'm white. But some of them can be brown, though. Well, they have a little brown, you know, depending on how much it's cooked. But I take offense because, you know, when people bite me, I don't crack. And it hurts me. <laughs> well, I think we should demonstrate that. Uh, I think you should call your children down and have them bite you. <laughs> And I'm not sure where the term honky comes from anyway. I mean, I yes. honk my horn just like anyone else does. But does that See, make me a honky? The whole idea, it's, it's like the term uh, bastard. Bastard is not a curse word. It either means you're a bastard child, which I assume some people could find offensive, but it was also used to describe an oddly sized boar in early weapons. So, I mean, what you have here is you have... Words that people have evolved to mean horrible things. But why? They're just words. Why is there so much important on these words? Yeah, you know, we probably can't understand because we were never subjected to this on a regular basis from a majority of people who uh, had power over us, basically. I don't agree with that in the least. I think we were all subjected to this. All of us have gone through middle school, high school, all of these phases where... We're a little bit uncomfortable. Somebody's making fun of us. You grow up, you get over it. Well, you're, you're a white male, so you, you've never really been in a position where you've been a minority. Yes, I have. Have you seen pictures of my family? 
you have any idea how many of them? And, and uh, for those of you who haven't, uh, I believe in my deconversion story, I did post up there, and us as the white folk in my family were the minority. And in <laughs> fact, I, I'm serious. And in fact, uh, a lot of times they that used doesn't to count. Us. Why doesn't it count? That Why doesn't, doesn't it count? It was in my own household. Why doesn't it count? <laughs> <laughs> your parents, your parents had power over those children. Not really, but okay, well, I'll follow this line of thinking. <laughs> So you never were in a position where, say, you couldn't go into a bathroom or you couldn't get on a bus or you were told to sit in the back? Well, I'm not per se because I would fight back. However, my brother Jerry, who was adopted and white, used to hide from my black brothers in my room at night because they would come in and beat him up. Well, I would have probably beat up your brother Jerry, too. I actually did when he would come in and hide. <laughs> All right, so Charlie, I, I have to tell you, there there was a joke I told last night at dinner that goes along almost perfectly with <laughs> with this uh, with this news story. Now, uh, I was slapped several times by my uh, my girlfriend because she said there are people out there who might actually have retarded children or children with disabilities, and therefore they might get offended by this. So, here we go. Uh, why did Helen Keller's dog kill itself? I don't know. Why is, why is that? You would, too, if you were named... <laughs> you are massively insensitive to both the blind and the deaf. And Helen Keller wasn't uh, R-worded. She wasn't mentally she challenged. She wasn't R-worded? Well, I agree with you on that, but obviously uh, my girlfriend last night thought that she was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is horrible. Horrible. <laughs> Look at what you let us down. I mean, all they had to do was take out a letter out of retard, and we wouldn't even be here. I mean, like I said, I'm ambivalent. I think that, um, on the one hand, we're, we're way too sensitive, and we need to grow thicker skins. We need to be able to deal with people who are not going to be nice to us or call us names. On the <laughs> other hand, I think that, that words do hurt, especially if you're a kid or someone who is mentally challenged and doesn't have the capability uh, that you and I have to kind of shrug it off and, and be rational and reasonable about it because essentially they are like children in their minds. Oh, I'll agree. And I mean, everybody listening to this probably thinks I'm some insensitive bastard. Well, I but I mean, well, yeah, but you don't count. You're my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, the honest truth of the matter is, is I do watch my tongue around uh, the mentally challenged Unless, of course, I know them really well, and it's just just general ribalding. Or would, would if you, would you like to take this opportunity to apologize to all of the mentally challenged people you've hurt with your words over the past two months? I will if you can show me that we have a nice sized uh, grouping of <laughs> mentally retarded people actually listening to our podcasts. I, I haven't seen any of my brothers listening to this, so I'm sure the mentally retarded population <laughs> is much lower. Would you like to take this opportunity to apologize to the hypothetically mentally challenged audience that you've offended? Uh, hypothetically. Hypothetically. That you've hypothetically if, offended over the last two months. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hypothetically speaking, if there are retards out there listening, I am very uh, sorry uh, uh, to use the word retard. Our words. Oh, the R words. If there are oh, any R words in our audience. 
if there are any R words in our audience, I sincerely apologize for Charlie's blatant forcement of <laughs> using the word R. <laughs> the push for increased respect is being spearheaded by young people who are collecting pledges or vows to not use the word at www.r-word.org. I gotta go there. I, I'm sorry. This, this is just getting out of hand. I mean, it. It's not as if we're forcing the retards to work in cotton fields. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, God. Spread the word to end the word. Our language frames how we think about others. Help eliminate the use of the R word in everyday speech. Uh, on March 31st, join youth and, uh, youth and actor John C. McGinley in a day of awareness for America to stop and think about their use of the R word. Are you going to be thinking about that on March 31st? Are we doing a podcast wherein I'm going to be forced to call somebody a retard then? <laughs> I mean, can you use it to um, talk about people like Glenn Beck who are, are um, really retarded? Oh, no, I don't think you can because, uh, as you recall, we did that uh, animation of Glenn Beck and instantly got a response back from a fellow out there who says that uh, originally he was interested in uh, seeing what we were going to animate. However, when it comes to name-calling, it can be hurtful. And really, deep inside, it is uh, a weakness within ourselves. So, we can't, even when describing Glenn Beck, even though he is the biggest retard I've ever come across. The biggest R-word, you mean? Excuse me, R-word, yes. <laughs> Alright, let's move on. I think, yeah, we... I, I think we've hit that one uh, enough. I think we've... I think we've succeeded in showing what an insensitive prick uh, you have been and continue to be unapologetically to all of the uh, R-words and consider, uh, concerned citizens of our audience. I apologized hypothetically to our hypothetical it was, listeners. It was only a hypothetical apology, though. But if you can, if you can <laughs> demonstrate we have listeners who have an education level before or below the sixth grade, then I'll apologize. All right, uh, moving on. Moving on to Texas, who I believe uh, is a state filled with R-words. Um, yes, and in fact, uh, the R-word, I could say it a dozen times about this, especially about the Board of Education. I mean, seriously, you elect a dentist for your Board of Education, and you're allowing him to stipulate what goes on? This kills me. Um, and it kills me because the Texas School Board is one of the, it, it, one of the biggest textbook markets, right? So the school board controls the market for the textbooks uh, across the United States. So I think Texas is, is one of the, if not the biggest, uh, textbook market. So as goes Texas, so goes the rest of the nation. You will um, craft your textbook so that it will be approved by the largest market and then everybody else has to buy it, right? Yeah, which is something I absolutely despise. I think you should just post what is and yeah. I yeah, so these guys have an awfully uh, amazing amount of power for how stupid they are, uh, for the most part. This Dr. McLeroy um, believes that God created the earth less than 10,000 years ago. All I have to say is never underestimate the power of stupid people in large groups. Uh, it, it's, it's amazing. Um, it really is amazing. They're set to vote, and they want the, the language of um, weaknesses. So you, wanna, you want to uh, include strengths and weaknesses of the evolutionary theory. And their weaknesses are all the same uh, creationist weaknesses we've heard in the, in the, for years, for decades. Um, their weaknesses that, you know, uh, you, you've never seen a cat dog, so therefore evolution doesn't occur. Um, yeah. 
the the fossil record is incomplete therefore evolution doesn't occur you know it's it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous and clearly this dentist does not understand science he doesn't understand basic science maybe he's got something here maybe what we should do is put up on one page all of the strengths of uh, of evolution every bit of supporting uh, information we have on it and then on the other side let's put up all the supporting information of the creationist theory and let's see which one fills up more of a page well you have the Bible on one that's a lot of pages Leighton. Um you can only allow for one quick statement period <laughs> the Bible on Genesis. The, so so we're saying Genesis will be their number one what will be number two Genesis 2 but Genesis 2 is really just reiterating and actually getting it wrong when it says it the second time. <laughs> uh, John, maybe? John 1, where he says in the beginning there was the word? So, uh... <laughs> you couldn't fit the evidence revolution on, on a single page. Um, there's a great, like, I have a link to the 29-plus macro evidences for evolution. Um, and it keeps coming out. I mean, they found a 95-million-year-old octopus uh, fossil that... that um, shows transitional forms and, and is proof of evolutionary theory. Well, um, see, and that's one of the great things, is that's one thing he states here, is that evolution and scientists cannot show one single transitional form. Yeah, he's an idiot. Um, it depends on how you define a transitional form. So what will typically happen is you show them like Tiktaalik, which is a tetrapod in between the amphibians and the fish. It has little fins that it can push itself up on. Um, there are lots of differences uh, between that fossil and it's halfway really between fish and amphibians. Yep. So um, what they'll say is that's not a transitional form. Now you've created two gaps in the fossil record so now you need a transitional form between the fish and the tetrapod, Tiktaalik, and you need a transition between Tiktaalik and the amphibians. This is just like closing your eyes and playing hide-and-go-seek and hiding in plain sight thinking if you close your eyes no one will find you. I mean seriously. Yeah, funny um, that uh, <laughs> There's this accusation of plagiarism against uh, this dentist, McLeroy, uh, on, on another article we'll have a link to. It says, but blogger and Kansas biology teacher Jeremy Moan revealed McLeroy's bad clip job in his extensive blog posting collapse of a Texas quote mine. Moan also provided the context and author's explanations lacking in Le McLeroy's quote list. Moan discovered McLeroy had lifted much of the research from another creationist blog. McLeroy's quotes were in virtually the same order and repeated a page number error. So he's clearly copying it wholesale from this guy. McLeroy acknowledged to me that he had copied some of the research from the creationist site because he liked, quote, the format, end quote. Although he said he indeed read one of the books. Well, that's nice. I'm, I'm glad you can goddamn read, McLeroy. Uh, he, obviously he can read. He can uh, plagiarize all he likes. He's he, good at reading. He added... And this... He's coming from the education board. He is up there leading Texas <laughs> education, and he's plagiarizing. <laughs> this is wonderful. This is the guy you want leading the charge. He added, quote, a lot of the quotes I did get my, on my own. <laughs> yeah. I love it. They go off in the beginning of this. Human brain seems not to have changed since Homo sapiens first appeared 150,000 years ago. You know, ergo, evolution's false. Few scientists have fudged proof of evolution, so that calls into question all the other evidence. This is, this is absolute... It's just asinine. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, this this is just horrible. However, there is one interesting thing. They say that there was a poll taken, and 39% said that they believe the theory of evolution. 
25% said they, or excuse me, 25% said they didn't, and 36% had no opinion. And I take that as they didn't know enough about evolution to decide one way or the other. Yeah, it's hard to distill evolution into simple concepts, um, just like quantum mechanics and just like general relativity or special relativity. It's hard to sit down and explain this to the population. If you're not trained in this stuff, it's very difficult to see how natural selection and random mutation, sexual selection, genetic drift, all this stuff can account for all the complexity. I would, th I would say a lot of it has to do with interest. I mean, how many of these people out there who believe the Bible to be exactly how it happened 10,000 years ago, how many of them have enough interest in science to do the research themselves and to figure it out? Yeah, right. Uh, and it's hard work. Um, it's hard reading this stuff, and it's even harder trying to wrap your brain around it to understand it. Uh, and so that, uh, it's much easier to say, God did it. That's what my Bible says, and that's what I'm going with. So there you have it. Uh, and I'm, I'm very angry that uh, our schools are teaching our poor children scientific truths uh, that, that contradict with my idiotic uh, Bronze Age mythology that I have in this book that hasn't nope. changed in 3,000 years. I would really, really look forward to the day when teachers actually started teaching properly that women have one less, or excuse me, men have one less rib than women do, and that women were created from dust, spit, and a rib. That argument's so ridiculous. Uh, why, if God took a rib out of Adam, would their children be born without a rib, right? Why would their female children or male children, I guess it would be male, right? Why would yeah. Adam's male children be born with one fewer rib if Adam lost a rib during his lifetime? That's the same thing with uh, people who get their hand cut off. If they breathe, the children don't have any hands, right? Yeah, that's true. It's absolutely right. <laughs> and those poor people who, you know, get their heads cut off. So um, how exactly are they breeding without a head? Please tell me how you came across that concept. It's very difficult, but still possible. Necrophilia, I believe, is your... <laughs> Actually, that argument uh, enshrines Lamarckianism because Lamarckianism is uh, uh, inheritance of acquired characteristics, right? Lamarck thought if a giraffe could kind of stretch, stretch its neck, yeah. then its uh, children would have longer necks, um, you know, which, which is proven true because weightlifters give birth to the buffest babies I've ever seen. Their muscles are ridiculous. In fact, they don't uh, get pushed out of the womb. They crawl out and force their way out. They rip themselves out like uh, in the movie Alien. Which is why you don't really see too many weightlifting mothers. <laughs> There's no celebration on the birthday for these. It's all in mourning because they're about to watch the mother pass so this beast can come out. Well, like, the uh, good news about this one is that in, in some breaking news, and I hope this is accurate uh, because it just came out today, uh, on Pandas Thumb, newsflash, Texas rejects weaknesses. Uh, according to Texas Freedom Network's live blog, the proposal to include the strengths and weaknesses language of the Texas Education Standards has failed with a 7-7 seven to seven vote. My God, it doesn't get any closer than that. Yeah. Apparently you have to have a majority. If it's a tie, they lose. An alternative proposal to include the language including discussing what is not fully understood so as to encourage critical thinking by the student. That is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, God. It, it's it's amazing to me that they have critical thinking skills on being devious and trying to slip God in there, 
and yet they can't have enough critical thinking skills to take a look at the evidence and actually discern it for themselves. These guys don't know what critical thinking is. They, they couldn't critically think their way out of a wet paper bag. They have no idea. That language was also rejected 7 to 7. The rejection of this alternative is noteworthy because the creationists on the board and the current culture war strategy of the Discovery Institute have argued that students should learn more about evolution to develop critical thinking skills. The alternative language fit directly in that rationalization, but in a scientifically rigorous way. What is that? Uh, and that right. was the problem. During the debate over the alternative, uh, several creationist board members directly opposed it because it did not include teaching weaknesses to the students, which they have now confirmed is a code word for the lies creationists invent about science and the natural word. Oh, creationists. Okay, I thought you were saying the creationists were calling scientists liars because I've heard that before, that scientists are just making this up so they don't have to believe in God and they can do whatever they want. Right. I've actually heard that statement. It's a massive conspiracy theory. Uh, all these scientists, all these biologists are in league with one another. They're really good friends, and uh, they all are atheists, and that's why they became biologists in the first place. Oh, of course. It didn't go the other way. Right. They're godless and atheists, and they want to push their godless and atheist agenda on the masses, and it's this conspiracy to cover up all the evidence, and that's why the creationists can't get any publish, you know, papers published. Um, what's well, it, amazing to me is... This is such a case of projection, you know, it's the pot calling the kettle black. These guys are the ones uh, mounting this aggressive attack on science. These ones, the guys are the ones that, that band together and try to get God injected into the science curriculum. And then they're turning around and saying, oh, it's a big conspiracy, these guys, are, they're doing exactly what we're doing. It's ridiculous. Why don't you, as the creationist, go out there and you perform these same tests that real scientists do. In fact, why don't you pay to have a bunch of scientists come in and try to prove creationism? If you have enough gumbo behind what you believe to be correct, why don't you guys start throwing money towards testing instead of just throwing around these books of propaganda out there saying, oh, well, you know, uh, science can't prove this. Oh, uh, well, you know, find a different transitional fossil because this one's not good enough. Do the tests. Do something beyond sitting there complaining. I think these guys love science as long as it agrees with them. They'll say, you know, we want to get educated uh, right up until it contradicts our previous beliefs. Um, I think education is a great thing as long as it doesn't uh, take me away from all my beliefs that I'm comfortable in. And as long as you're not Catholic because then you're encouraged not to get a higher education. Right, exactly. It would be fine if it didn't contradict the, the ridiculous Bronze Age mythology that you're trying to foist on your children. You know, I'm, I'm sorry that reality disagrees with you. Uh, I'm sorry that uh, when you take a reality check, you end up losing your beliefs because your beliefs are idiotic. They're ridiculous, they're stupid, they're ludicrous, and this science shows you that. Um, so I'm sorry, you know, it's, it's a horrible thing to have to grow up and be an adult in the real world. Yeah, to face some facts that you really don't want to face. Uh, that's being an adult, is facing things you don't want to face, but you still face them because you have to. Right. That's what education is about, guys. It's broadening your horizon. It's opening up uh, your perspectives. It's seeing things that challenge your beliefs and, and, and uh, coming to grips with those ideas and, and merging them into uh, your, your belief system. Um, and that kind of takes us into, you know, th this actually, this is an argument for, uh, you know how the Republicans are all like, well, let's, let's return control to the states, right? 
This is yeah. an argument for the reverse. This is an argument for making a federal school board. Well, see, and I agree with you because I don't like the idea of Texas being who decides what is in the textbooks of our children. I don't like that because you have one state where the mass majority can believe one way and they can force the rest of the nation to deal with that. I, I really don't like that. Yeah, if this wasn't such a conservative versus liberal thing, right? Conservatives typically are anti-abortion, they're anti-evolution, they're anti-global warming. You know, if for some reason their conservative worldview is anti-science. I mean, for the last eight years, my God, we have been completely anti-science in this country from the administration down. If the yeah. uh, FDA says one thing about, um, you know, STDs and... and uh, birth control and and all that stuff and Bush says no that goes against my conservative beliefs uh, we want abstinence only education but but wait a second you know the the uh, the scientists say that and they've done studies to back it up that in cases where you have abstinence only education your STDs and pregnancy rates are higher so what do you want um, I think Bush and the conservatives want to punish people for having sex I think that's what they want they don't mind that the STD rate they see that as God's punishment um, okay, they get pregnant. That's God's punishment uh, for being sinful. And this um, all comes down to guilt. Whereas you we guilted good. Yeah, right. Whereas we say the problem is pregnancy, right? The problem is STDs. We want to decrease that. We want to take whatever steps necessary to prevent teen pregnancy and prevent STDs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, why? Uh... If science is so bad, why did we rely on them for the polio disease? Why don't we let polio spread across again? Yeah, there's a huge amount led by Jenny McCarthy, the intellectual heavyweight Jenny McCarthy. Um, oh, good God. Jenny McCarthy is leading something? Her son has autism, and so she's a, she blames it on the vaccines that he got as a child. Oh, good God. That's been proven over and over and over and over and over and over again that there is no link between autism and vaccinations. Um, the problem is we're getting better and better at diagnosing autism younger. So now we diagnose autism you know, between the, the first three years of life. And that coincidentally is the same time that they're getting all these vaccines. And so just like when you, you throw up after you've eaten, you, your brain rolls right back to the last meal that you had. Even though food poisoning, unless it's pastries, typically takes 24 to 48 hours to get in. So it isn't the pizza that you ate, it's probably the spaghetti that you had a day or two ago. But, you except know, these parents and their... In a box. What's I've been that? Except for the coli in a box. I've been food poisoned more times there than I can believe, and yet I still go there to eat. <laughs> that's, that's just your brain's disgust that you actually ate at Jack in the Box. That's true. That's very true. And, uh, and why stomach. is it Jack keeps punishing me for eating there? I'm giving <laughs> you food. Stop poisoning me. Your stomach is saying, why? Why? I've told you time and again not to eat at E. coli in the box. It's so cheap and fast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, automatically this, um, like I said, uh, intellectual heavyweight slash playboy model, um, Jenny McCarthy, flashes back to the vaccines and, and since there's a correlation in time, since it occurred around the same time you got vaccines, clearly there's a causation involved there. The vaccines cause autism. This has been tested in the courts, it's been tested in the scientific literature, and it has always failed. There is no correlation. Well, I mean, it's just like my aunt. Uh, she doesn't allow her children to wear deodorant because she's convinced that it causes cancer. Now, if that were the case, we would be seeing cancer across the nation. 
because wow. everyone uses deodorant. Certainly, um, we'd have a, a lot less uh, rate of cancer in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. I'm not going to argue that. Um, yeah. I don't know. What, what are you getting? Armpit cancer? There's massive amounts of armpit cancer? To do with, uh, I think she said it has aluminum inside of it, and therefore you're getting aluminum into your bloodstream, and it's causing cancer. I see. Makes a whole lot of sense, which is why me, who have been using it since, oh, I was, what, 11 when I hit puberty? And, uh, yeah, I'm filled with cancer right now. That, that's it. I'm going to stop using deodorant. Um, my, my patients, I'm sure, will appreciate that. I'm just wondering if you ever use deodorant. Not now. It causes cancer. <laughs> well, in that case, your lifestyle shouldn't change very much. <laughs> All right. So let's move on from there. I think this really is a good case for a federal board of education because if you put this power into the hands of these crackpot conservative idiots, uh, you really end up harming the children. It's the children that get the problems. It's not the adults. The adults are already lost causes. They... Um, perpetuate this cycle of uh, ignorance and stupidity uh, and they end up probably not sending their kids to college because college is of the devil and you'll end up losing your faith and you know it's more important to have faith and be homeless than it is to actually uh, contribute to society and I don't know research on cure cancer and HIV and that sort of thing. Of course that makes sense and I think you're right I think uh, there should be a federal government branch of the government that actually watches over the states and their education so they can stop this where you have one state deciding for all states. Right. That doesn't make sense. Absolutely. So um, this brings us to our next bit of stupidity in Texas uh, and that is uh, the Institution for Creation Research is <laughs> Oh, God. Um, Can you say that with a straight face? Because I can't even listen to it with a straight face. I can't. In, in the 50s and 60s, I believe, uh, Henry Morris wrote a book on flood geology, and it was kind of the impetus for the modern creationist movement, and Dwayne Gish kind of took over for him. This is an outgrowth of Henry Morris's um, creation science, and there was a big push to give creation science equal time in the schools. That failed. Uh, so what they did was they took your um, advice, Leighton, and they have uh, <laughs> they have built a building and they do actual research, um, Institution for Creation Research. Oh, and I'd like to see that research. They are young Earth creationists. So they believe that the Earth is, is about 6,000 years old. Um, and they, they uh, publish papers, I believe, in their own little uh, pamphlet because they can't get in anywhere else. <laughs> Really? Is that because the scientific community is trying to banish them? Yeah, there's, is that what it is? there's a big conspiracy. Anyway, the Institution for Creation Research wants very badly to award master's degrees uh, in science because they're such a scientific organization. <laughs> they should be allowed to, um, to, <laughs> to award master's degrees, I don't know, in like flood geology or genesisology or... Genesisology. I would love to see a scientist go and try and get a job out there at a legitimate scientific institute. What, oh, what, did you get your, your doctorate in? What's your degree in? Um, Jesusology from the Institution for Creation Research. <laughs> yeah, we've got a place for you. There's a mop and bucket in that oh, closet. My God. So they tried to do it, and in 2007, surprisingly enough, Texas listened to the scientists and they said no. We're not putting our, our Texas stamp of certification on advanced degrees from your retarded, R-worded? 
R-worded, R-worded. Your, you just offended me there. Your R-worded um, institution. Um, so now they have a, a Republican, of course, um, representative who has introduced House Bill 2800, which would exempt, quote, certain private nonprofit educational institutions, end quote, from the rules of other degree-granting schools must follow in Texas. Um, this uh, is <laughs> it's wonderful. And he says, look, if you don't take federal funds, so here's his quote, if you don't take any federal funds, if you don't take any state funds, you can do a lot more than some businesses that do take state funding or federal funding. Why should you be regulated if you don't take any state or federal funding? That's a very good question. As a physician, I don't take any state or federal funding. Why in God's name are they regulating me? Why do I have to have a license to practice medicine? I don't take state funding. Why are they regulating me? Because you are trying to walk around and pretend like you are an institution out there that offers degrees that are on par with all of these other universities. That's exactly what it is. He says, of course he's a creationist, I don't believe I came from a salamander that crawled out of a swamp millions of years ago. Berman told foxnews.com. I do believe in creationism. I do believe oh. there are gaps in evolution. But when you ask someone who believes in evolution, if you ask one of the elitists who believes in evolution about the gaps, they'll tell you that the debate is over, that there is no debate, evolution is the thing, it's the only way to go. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, idiot, just because you're not aware of the science doesn't mean that scientists aren't. Yeah. Uh, those of us who know uh, and who are aware of the evidence, who have processed the evidence and have done research and, and who have done... Uh, uh, advanced reading and, and courses in this stuff, uh, there is no argument. There is no debate. The only debate is between you idiots who want to leapfrog the normal scientific process and put in your God did it theory in place of uh, real actual science. Well, God did do it. Can't we just settle on that? God did it and it's only 6,000 years old because that makes complete plausible sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only theory that really answers all of your questions. True. Yes, yes. Uh, wait, if it answers all of my questions, then why don't I know who created God? God did it. God created himself. He self-created. I didn't realize he was asexual. You see how... Oh, excuse me. That's a scientific <laughs> term. I'll have to stop that. All right, hang on a second. All right, so what we've done is we took a little break to um, take a look at the articles that are published by the Institution for Creation Research. Leighton, you want to go first? I, I got to tell you, I, I just stumbled across this article. It's actually up on their home page, and I, I couldn't stop myself from reading it. Now, what they're discussing is the Permian extinction, basically uh, back when uh, all the dinosaurs and everything died. Everybody uh, believes that it was a, a comet or an asteroid that came down, knocked it, knocked us into a good winter that killed off most of them. However, this... <laughs> This institute wants to put forward that it wasn't a comet, that it was the flood of Noah. And I'm going to read you an, an exact statement from this article. It, it's, it's unbelievable. It says, first, the fact that many more land creatures survived this calamity than marine creatures makes sense if God preserved the land creatures in a giant watertight box built by <laughs> Noah and his sons for that purpose. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. That does make it's, sense. That makes perfect sense because I can see one family of, we'll, we'll just say 10. We'll give them 10. One family of 10 
built a giant watertight box big enough to store all of the land animals. That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, um, I'm going to read the last uh, two paragraphs for you of this article. It's about reflectins um, in, in squid uh, that are kind of like these proteins that stack in plates that reflect light. And see whether uh, you can tell where this article goes off the rails. Just imagine you're reading this in a, in a regular scientific journal. The reflectins seem to be unique to squid, coded for by at least six genes. Uh, in addition, researchers have found that the Hawaiian bobtail squid efficiently uses an exclusive bilobed, in parentheses it says two-lobed, <laughs> oh, just in case you didn't know what bilobed means, light organ to its advantage. A species of bioluminescent bacteria called Vibrio fischera in the light organ receives nourishment from the squid. In return, the bacteria secrete a tracheal cytotoxin designed to control the development of the light organ. This cytotoxin is a small segment of the deleterious bacteria that causes whooping cough in humans. But perhaps the toxin served a more useful function, as we see in the squid, prior to the introduction of sin into God's creation, which led to the fall and the current curse under which creation groans. Romans 8.22 To conclude, not only is a biophotonic design evidence for a clearly seen creation, Romans 1.20, but the Hawaiian bobtail squid in particular provides a creation scientist with a possible original benign function for disease-causing bacteria. Truly, God's creation declares and reflects his glory. Psalm 19.1. Am I the only one whose jaw just dropped? <laughs> I mean, seriously, am I the only one sitting here stunned by just that statement? They want to, they want to award master's degree in science for this shit. So someone who does this research, which is basically reading real research and then relating it to the Bible, uh, they want to award master's degree. You know, to award a master's degree, I believe, I don't have one, I have, I have an MD, so a master's degree and a PhD, I believe, involves actually advancing our knowledge, actually providing new knowledge, you know, in a master's thesis or a doctoral thesis, Knowledge that, that uh, is not out there. It's adding to the literature. It's creation of new knowledge. This stuff takes us a, a step backward. You know what this makes me think about? When I was in the military, I had a supervisor, and uh, he went and got a bachelor's degree from this Bible college. And I can't remember what the degree was, but he was so proud of the fact that he went through this school and he got his bachelor's degree. In fact, it was about a month there where we couldn't get him to shut up that he was a college graduate. Well, interestingly enough, uh, several months later, I stumbled across him with a bunch of school textbooks. And so I asked him what exactly he was doing, and he told me that he went back to school for another degree. He didn't <laughs> tell me why, but I found out later through discussions with my superiors that as it turned out that he put in for a position, uh, a higher-up position, whether it was officers or uh, enlisted, I can't remember which, and they took one look at his degree and said, we refuse to accept this degree from this Bible college. That's exactly what I see happening if they are allowed to give out master's degrees. Uh, yeah, I think in real terms it probably won't make that much of a difference. It will make Texas a laughing stock because those degrees will be printed under the state seal of Texas. Um, <laughs> it, will, it will cheapen the rest of the degrees. It will cheapen a real degree awarded from a real institution on real science. Uh, and so if I were planning to go to an institution uh, where I was going to get a master's or a PhD, uh, I would avoid Texas like the goddamn plague.
I yeah, do I not want my degree cheapened yeah. by their idiocy. Uh, wow, that's just bad. I can't believe that. I mean, what I love is they can't look at this shit that they're spouting and not see how flawed it is. It, it makes me really outraged. Uh, it, 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 I'm furious over this because, I mean, if my home state of Utah um, did the same thing, I would feel terrible about getting uh, an advanced degree in Utah. Um, I think reality, the reality of the situation is people will know that uh, the Institution for Creation Research, ICR, It'll go and spread out, and people will know that it's essentially a Bible college. It'll be the same as getting a degree from Liberty University or Bob Jones. And it'll be worthless, and people will have to go back and, and redo it. And so it's actually kind of a crime that's perpetrated on the uh, unwitting idiots who go into it. Well, how can be unwitting when you go into a, a college that's called the Institution for Creation Research, for God's sakes? It'll... You should ask brother that who went to Kaplan University, yeah. even though I told him not to. Kaplan, of all things. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, part of the blame falls on the person who's paying money for this garbage. But uh, I think it'll be very clear that ICR is an idiot degree and it's worthless and people won't accept it uh, outside of Texas. And so, I agree. And it'll lessen, in, I mean, if they are allowed, it will lessen the degree uh, quality in Texas, but it will also be looked on as just an imbecilic degree that no one is going to take seriously. Yeah. Uh, so, you know... Texas, keep going down that path, and your uh, universities will be empty. Um, I, I would be very angry if I was a, uh, anyone who received a master's or a science from any Texas institution. I would be absolutely outraged and furious if I were involved in, in any university in Texas, any legitimate university in Texas whatsoever, because you are uh, cutting off my feet. Um, we are we're trying, uh, you know, the, the people in Texas are trying that are involved in that university setting to give the best education they possibly can, the most current, the most up-to-date scientific education they possibly can. And that's the only thing that's going to allow us to become uh, or remain competitive in the global economy. Yeah, exactly. uh, more scientists, more patents, more people who understand this stuff. Uh, you can churn out as many people as you want uh, who can thump their Bible and recite chapter and verse, but it is not going to help us compete in the global economy. That is science. And see, that's what I love, is these people who are anti-science, saying that science is the devil, they just don't understand that if we stop our scientific programs, we are going to fall so far behind that it'll pretty much be, we'll go back to an African country with dirt for homes while everybody around us continues growing with science. Well, you're right. Um, we have essentially, we are a first world country, um, and we can very quickly revert to a third world country, th those living standards. The living standards that we enjoy in this country are so high purely because of science. That's it. That's the yeah. only reason we're not dying from polio, we're not dying in childbirth, uh, and th that we can expect to live so long is because of science. It isn't because of the Bible. God never tells people to wash their hands. Screw you, God. You could have saved a lot of people. A lot of people just by having that revelation. But the revelations you give are don't masturbate, don't have sex with other men, stone people to death if they talk back to their parents or gather sticks on Sunday. That was important to God, not, hey, uh, don't take a shit really close to your water supply or uh, try washing your hands before you uh, give childbirth, you know, before you deliver the baby. I'd really like to see a study done 
on how many people on average die a year while masturbating. Maybe that's what God's after. Maybe that's even worse than washing your hands. I'm sure it's for, uh, I'm sure God's not really this pervert who's up there uh, as a gigantic cosmic peeping Tom and really concerned, overly concerned about people's sexual expressions. Uh, I'm sure he's just concerned about the health of, of uh, his creations. Yes, giving them a better standard of life. That makes perfect sense. So stop your masturbating all out there because you are going to die someday. Well, you know, um, you can extend uh, Ray Comfort's argument about the banana. It fits perfectly in your hand. If God didn't want us to masturbate, why did he make it fit so perfectly in our hand? But couldn't he have made our hands too short to reach it? That's, that's very true, and although... Like T-Rexes, as... I'm sure, had a hard time masturbating. <laughs> although we don't have that, uh, that nice pole top that bananas do, if you stroke it long enough, you'll get out. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, Ray Comfort, you need to be careful in these arguments, because they may have unintended consequences. <laughs> that's an understatement, especially when the white froth spills forward. <laughs> It ain't bubbly, Ray Comfort, and it ain't sweet, but it's coming. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, I've been toying around with having an explicit uh, tag on our podcast. We'll see. I, I don't think this is explicit enough we'll yet. We'll see if we generate any complaints. Do you want to end there? Is there anything else you'd like to talk about today? I'd like to talk about the religious dying patients. Now, the reason why I wanted to bring this one up is because it hits very close to home. And what I mean by that is... Uh, this month we've been talking about the LDS Church and Mormon beliefs. Now, the LDS, they get something known as the Patriarchal Blessing, which is supposed to be a map of your life, what you're supposed to base everything on. And interestingly enough, in mine, it's stated that I would have a wife and I would have children. And when it stated that, back when I believed this stuff, I actually believed that as long as I was righteous, that God would not kill me, because he stated that I would have a wife and children. So you would not believe the crazy shit I pulled and survived on this one belief that God would not kill me. I'd believe it. And you know what? Your guardian angel's probably been working overtime, because you're still alive. Um, I certainly hope I don't have a guardian angel, otherwise he would have had a heart attack trying to keep up. <laughs> but anyway, the basis behind uh, this article is that religious dying patients are more likely to get aggressive care than those who aren't religious. I love it. So the, the people who are supposedly most looking forward to seeing God again and getting into heaven are the ones who are most aggressively trying right. to avoid it. <laughs> I mean, it really comes down to if heaven is such a paradise, why aren't you allowing yourself, in this instance, allowing yourself to get there, or why aren't you killing yourself to get in there? In this case, it's not even, you know, you don't have to deal with the suicide. Oh, God will put me in hell if I kill myself. This is just let yourself go. You're going to die anyway. This is already God actively trying to kill you. Right. As a physician, I often think, <laughs> if there's a God up there, uh, am I thwarting his plans? by keeping these patients with 18 different medical problems alive, right? He's actively yeah. calling his uh, son home here, and I'm interfering with it. Well, obviously you shouldn't interfere where Glenn Beck is concerned, because 
he believes that God will do proper. So let's just take all medicine away from Glenn Beck and his family and see how much he believes in God at that point. Yeah, I'd love for these people to uh, like Glenn Beck um, instead. Because in the Mormon religion, you have what's called the priesthood blessing, right? So yes. um, you can, <laughs> instead of going to the doctor, you can stay home and uh, have your father or bishop come and they put little virgin olive oil on your head and they give you a little blessing. And instead of coming to the doctor, why don't you guys do that 100% of the time? How much do you believe in your religion? Now, Charlie actually reminded me, this, this oil that they put on your head is blessed. However, you have to ensure in the blessing that the lid is off because God can't bless the oil if the lid is on. He can't pass his blessings through that lid. Hey, those are childproof containers, man. <laughs> Even God gets fumbled up on it. <laughs> God can't sneak in there. You got to open the lid for him. Yeah, obviously. But interestingly enough, the most fascinating portion of this uh, article wasn't in the article itself. It was actually in a comment sent in on March nineteenth at three fifteen by a guy by the name of Take This Zion. Now, <laughs> what Zion says is, I'd say the moral of the story is that chaplains and clergy who work with the dying need better training. That's the moral of the story. So what you're basically saying is those of us who don't believe in God, we don't need people to be trained in coping measures out there, but chaplains seem to be the cause of all these religious people wanting this aggressive care. I think the moral of the story is that churches should have to pay at least a part of end-of-life care because they are clearly contributing to the anxiety that makes these patients demand very expensive and medically futile end-of-life care. Yeah. We should tax the hell out of them. Get rid of their tax-exempt status. and Because clearly, one of the big arguments for religion is it provides comfort. It allows people to pass in death and, and, and be okay with it. Well, bullshit. This study says that, they, uh, that it's the exact opposite. They're scared to death of dying. As an atheist, all that means is I go back to the dust, right? I no longer exist, therefore it's blank, good, I'm done. Right. My life is done. That's not a scary thing. I just end. I just go. Uh, yeah. Apparently here, I'm not sure if they, they're worried about going to hell or being judged because of their sins. Something is causing them massive amounts of anxiety. They want to put off being dead. I've told my um, family, uh, if you guys leave me stuck up, hooked up to a bunch of tubes and on a ventilator and you're cracking my chest uh, to keep me along like a, a potted plant or a vegetable sitting in the corner so you guys can feel less guilty. If there is such a thing as God or heaven or ghosts, I'm going to haunt the hell out of the rest of your lives. I'm going to come and cause you misery and suffering as much as possible. Yeah, for those of, our, uh, or for those of you out there listening, Charlie and I actually have a pact with one another. If either of us end up in a situation like that, one of us has to kill the other. If you're in there uh, and your parents have got you on all these tubes, I'll just go in there and um, just subtly step on the uh, ventilator tube. Yeah, oops. Oh, sorry. Be my, yeah. That's one as of long my, as I get my mausoleum. One of my pulmonary attendings when he was um, uh, a resident, he went in and he was looking at a patient, you know, and he'd lean over and he'd listen to the lung and he noticed that uh, the patient was getting blue and his oxygen status was going down. So he leaned back up, 
and it, it miraculously went back up. He leaned back over and went back down, and he figured out he was standing on the guy's tube. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, so I find that, that um, religion has failed utterly, I think, uh, to provide that care and comfort for which people say that it, it is most responsible. I think it's, it's guilt. I think people sit there at their end of days and start to think, is God really going to forgive me for all of the shit I pulled, although everybody tells me God will? I mean, really, they're terrified it's probably of what... It. That's probably it. And I think we should... Get rid of tax-exempt status and tax the, the shit out of these churches because they're the most... 90% of medical care spent in your entire life is spent in the last 12 months. Guess yeah. what, guys? You're going to die. You're going to die. I would think that we need to spend more time caring about quality of life instead of quantity. These medically futile, extremely expensive medical interventions that we do... I hate them. It's ridiculous. Um... Dollar for dollar, we are we're, we're wasting billions. We are wasting billions of dollars on medically futile treatment, and this is one of the causes of it. It's religion. So does this mean you and I are diists? We hate those that are dying? Yes. I, I fully sign up to that. <laughs> Look, I don't mind. Um, I've provided end-of-life care for, for um, lots of patients when I was in the hospital. I hate being in the hospital. I don't like the hospital setting. I much prefer outpatient. But, um, you know, you, you talk to the, to the family, um, you, know, you give them the speech, uh, and you prepare them for the fact that um, your loved one is dying. Um, I think before we end up pulling the plug, before we end up taking them off life support, uh, that um, you should spend some time with them, say your goodbyes, uh, take as long as you want. But any further treatment really at this time is just prolonging suffering. I, I I don't know what the church is telling these people or religion is telling these people other than scaring them with fantasies about hell, you know. Oh my God, what if I'm going to hell? God's going to punish me for an eternity. An eternity, an infinite, uh, infinite amount of time God's going to punish. God is a, amount of time. He's a yeah. sadist. He, he must enjoy, because he's everywhere, so he's even in the pits of hell enjoying all of this eternal suffering. Yeah, I got to tell you, when I die, it ain't going to be in a hospital. I mean, if I know I'm dying, you can guarantee the shit I pull now is going to increase by tenfold. Oh, God. If I'm on life support, take me off. If I can get away with portable oxygen, wheel me the hell out of the hospital. I don't want to die in that environment. Take yeah. me up to a mountain and shove me off, right? Keep the wheelchair. I'll just roll down to the bottom. I don't care. You kidding? I'll climb on the wheelchair and race you to the bottom. <laughs> Take me up in an airplane and shove me out, man. Uh, now, that would be, awesome. be scary for you because you're scared of heights. I remember you talking about your skydiving trip. Uh, yeah, I, I have a fear of heights. But I think if I'm going to die, what a way to go, man. Shove me out 15,000, 20,000 feet and let me just fall to the earth. I think you that's a great idea, except... You and I, if it ever comes to that, we should be shoved out across, over the top of a metropolis. That way, as our body crashes down in the middle of traffic, it really shocks some people. <laughs> Maybe you can shove me out and I can steer my way toward Glenn Beck, see if I can take him out with me. Oh, instead of suicide bombers, we're just suicide <laughs> divers. <laughs> but it's for a good cause, you know. I agree. All right, sweet. Uh, that, I think, pretty much wraps it up, so... We'll be back again uh, next week, uh, and I'm sure more surprises are in store. Of course. Have a good one.
Thank you.